Today we're back in our series, Instead. Have you ever needed an instead? Have you ever needed something to give you hope, a trade for the situation that you're in? How many of you said in this season, oh no, here we go again. What's next? What's coming? How can I prepare for this? I think many of us, if we're honest, we feel like we're in that season. We're in that situation. In fact, as I was preparing this message today, I was reminded of a children's book many of us read when we were little kids. And the title of the book is Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. I want to share with you the words of Alexander in this book. I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. Then when I got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard, and then by mistake, I dropped my sweater in the sink, and now it's soaked. I could tell it's going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. When I finally got to school, I realized that I had forgotten my band instrument. And then the teacher complimented Paul's picture of a sailboat, but she didn't say anything about my invisible castle. When I finally made it to lunch, which is my favorite period of the day, Paul had two cupcakes and Albert had a Hershey bar, but I had nothing. My mom forgot to pack me dessert. It's a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Then my mom took all of us to the dentist, but I was the only one with a cavity. Now the dentist tells me that I need to come back to get it fixed, but truly I just want to move to Australia. As we were going down the elevator, the door closed on my toes and now my toes hurt. And while mom was, waiting, while mom was headed to go get the car, Nick started bothering me and I started to cry. And then he, ca he called me a crybaby, so I got really, really mad. When mom finally showed up with the car, she started yelling at me because I was punching Nick and because I was filthy with mud because I fell down. It's gonna be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. When I got home, there were lima beans in my dinner and I hate lima beans. There was kissing on TV and I hate kissing. My bath was too hot, I got soap in my eyes and a marble went down the drain. I had to even wear my railroad train pajamas and I hate my railroad train pajamas. Then Nick stole my pillow, my nightlight burned out and I bit my tongue. As I was going to bed, I told my mom, it's gonna be a terrible, it's been a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Mom said, Alexander, it's all right. Some days are like this. Tomorrow will be better. I think if many of us were honest, we can relate to this story because 2020 has seemed to be a terrible, no good, very bad year. And we wonder, will tomorrow be better? Will next year be better? Does God really have an instead for me? Well, I want to reassure you that everything that I see in the Word of God is that He has an instead for you. He wants to give you hope in this season. He wants to encourage you in this season. I want to encourage you to hold on. Don't let despair drag your heart down. Let God encourage you in this season. In fact, I've titled my message, Instead, Things Are About to Improve. 
Things are about to improve. I want to invite you to join me in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to look at the Beatitudes once again. This is Jesus giving the Sermon on the Mount. And he's encouraging those who are listening to him to keep going, to move forward. So open up your Bible, open up your Bible app, open up your Westover app. Let's look at the Word of God together. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 and following. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are those who mourn, for they, they will be comforted. God, we come to you in this moment. We ask you that you would give us an instead that provides comfort to those of us who are mourning in this season. We need you, God, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said. Amen. What's interesting about this passage is that these folks who were there listening to Jesus, they needed hope. Anytime you're in a difficult moment, has someone told you to sit down? I need to share something with you. This is exactly what Jesus does. He says, hey, I need you to sit down. There's something I need to share with you. They were frustrated. They were overwhelmed. They felt like they didn't have any hope. And he said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Well, today I want to share with you three steps to take to see things improve, to discover the comfort of God and move forward in this season. Number one, to see things improve, trade sorrow for joy. We happen to live in a culture that says, tough it out, walk it off, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But what do you do when your bootstraps break? For many of us, what happens is we get frustrated and we get fed up we go into despair we get depressed and we feel like there's no hope but many of us we forget that pain is par for the course if you're a believer pain is part of humanity it's part of being in the human condition and we're going to experience pain in fact, many of the greats of faith experience a significant amount of pain. Listen to this. Job lost his wealth, his family, and his health. He should have lost his friends because his friends were terrible. He should have gotten rid of them. They were captains of discouragement in his life. Paul was beaten and thrown in jail several times, and he was even shipwrecked. David... He was overlooked by his dad, mocked by Goliath and his brothers, and the king put a price on his head. In fact, David, the writer of Psalms, what you hear from the Psalms is many times he's lamenting the situation that he's in. He's saying, God, don't you see that I'm struggling? Don't you see that I'm having a hard time? Are you blind to what's happening in my life? What's interesting about the Psalms, which are songs, is that 70% of the Psalms are songs of lament. In fact, we have a book of the Bible in the Old Testament called Lamentations. In other words, the people in the Bible had pain just like you and me. They struggled just like you and me. But what was different? If I, if I can be candid, this season's been tough for me. It's changed how I do ministry. It's changed how I do life. It's changed where I go and where I don't go and how I live and the fact that I have to wear a mask and all these other things. It's been painful. It's been an adjustment. And I began to wonder, I've been wondering for the past couple of months, how is it possible that Paul and David and 
All of these greats of faith were able to keep going in, the, in spite of the difficulty. And what I realized is that somewhere in the quietness of them talking with God, he gave them a proper perspective of the pain. They came to the realization that God could turn their sorrow into something else. In fact, Psalm 30 verse 5 says this, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing, it comes in the morning. You may be in a season where you're weeping. You may feel like this is a midnight moment, but I want to reassure you today that rejoicing is coming in the morning. If you're just willing to hold on to Jesus, there's going to come a moment when you can rejoice. Joy is coming. Joy is coming. Things are about to improve. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I know that he who began a good work is faithful to bring it to completion, that he'll never leave you or forsake you, that he's going to make sure you get to the end. He's going to make sure to minister comfort to you in this season so that you can rejoice about his faithfulness in the dark season. You know, the world tells us that we need to pursue happiness, but God wants us to pursue him. God wants us to pursue him. Happiness is external, but joy is internal. Happiness is temporary, but joy is eternal. The word of God tells us that the joy of the Lord is what? It is our strength. How is it that we can rejoice in the difficult moments? It's not that we rejoice that we're in a difficult moment. We actually rejoice because Jesus is in the fire. He's in the boat. He's in the storm. He's in the challenge. He's in the dark moment. And I'm here to tell someone, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I'm here to tell you that Jesus is with you. You can believe it. You may not be able to see him, but just listen. He is here to encourage you and say, you're going to make it. You're going to get through. But often the path to joy is through difficulty. I've seen in my work with people that mourning doesn't have to be a rut. It can be a road. It can be a road to blessing. In fact, one of the ways that God blesses us in difficult moments is through our tears. Did you know that tears are not all the same? Onion tears are not the same as dirt in your eye tears. Those fake alligator tears that your daughter cries, saying, oh, my brother hit me, but he really didn't. Those tears are different than the tears you cry when you lose a loved one. In fact, moms, you, you can actually relate to this because when you hear your baby cry, you can tell instinctively that something is happening. You can even distinguish the difference in their cries. Not every tear is the same. Here is something very interesting, is that when we mourn, tears turn pain into peace. Tears turn pain into peace. Here's what I mean. There is beauty and blessing in the biology of tears. The tears that we cry when we mourn actually help us experience comfort. For you see, when we cry tears of mourning, when we weep in those difficult moments, what happens is that our tears release hormones that help us get through. There are three hormones that help us. The first one actually helps us emotionally connect and bond. It's called prolactin. 
the same hormone that is expressed when a mom has a baby that helps her connect. That same hormone also helps form new brain cells. So when you're in a morning season, God can still renew your mind. He can still encourage you. Your brain and your mind can still be transformed. That's why when you're weeping in a moment and then you get through it, you're able to realize Realize in your mind that God got you through. The second hormone actually releases a chemical that releases, that reduces stress. Stress is a silent killer. But when you mourn and you shed tears of mourning, it provides comfort to you and it gets rid of the stress. And then the third hormone that is released is actually a natural painkiller. It's very similar to morphine, but it has no side effects. That's why when you cry, tears of mourning afterwards you often feel much better there's hidden blessing in the tears that God has given to you in other words tears of mourning help us connect grow new brain cells reduce stress and it takes away our pain that's why we can weep in the presence of God that's why I encourage you to weep in the presence of loved ones because in the process of that mourning God provides comfort he blesses you when you mourn and you will be comforted. Number two, to see things improve, share your troubles. Share your troubles with someone else. We here at Westover, we believe that we are better together. What that means is that there's something that happens in the connection. There's something that happens that encourages us. We are better together, but I also want to suggest to you that we are worse apart. When we're disconnected, we're actually worse than we were if we're connected. I often say this, and I truly mean this, and I want you to hear this. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to walk alone. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to walk alone. We were created for community. We were created for connection. In fact, in Genesis, it says that it's not good for humanity to be alone. I'm gonna create a helper to come alongside Adam. The same is true for us. We're created for connection. We're intended to be connected with one another. That's why we need to share our troubles with someone else. In fact, researchers have discovered that in the brain there are these brain cells called mirror neurons. And what, it, what those mirror neurons do actually is they allow you to feel what someone else is, feel, is feeling. When you see an emotional response from someone else, it triggers the same brain cells in you and it allows you to feel what they are feeling as well. In fact, God challenges us to empathize with other people. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. When we laugh, when someone laughs, we often find ourselves laughing as well. And laughter does good like a medicine. So, with that in mind, I want to share with you some pandemic pickup lines to hopefully activate some laughter within you. Number one, babe, do you need toilet paper? Because I can be your Prince Charmin. Number two, you can't spell quarantine without you are a cutie. Number three, without you... My life is as empty as a supermarket shelf. Number four, I saw you from across the Zoom. 
Please stay there. Number five, that mask brings out the beauty in your eyes. And number six, you smell so good. Is that Purell you're wearing? We need to experience joy. And there's something about communal laughter and joy but it doesn't end there. In fact, Romans 12, 15 says this, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. When people are sad and crying, God wired us to experience grief and loss with them as well because what it allows us to do is to connect. And connection is essential in difficult moments. Often we're tempted to isolate and disconnect and pull away but what God is saying is I need you to connect because there's something in the connection that helps you get through. What I've discovered is that in connection, in difficult moments, here's what emerges, vulnerability and empathy. And courageous vulnerability actually activates compassion and empathy. Courageous vulnerability, when we're willing to be vulnerable, it activates empathy in the other person. And I just believe that we need to be a church that is willing to to welcome vulnerability and then respond with empathy. Now, I know vulnerability is hard, but it's essential. If we're going to be a church that makes it through, we've got to be willing to create safe places for people to be vulnerable and then to display empathy and encourage them in difficult moments. If we do, we're going to make it. So I have three recommendations for you. If you need to share your troubles here are some things that you can do. Number one, if you're married, share your troubles with your spouse. They already know that you're struggling. Be willing to go to them. They may not be able to fix the situation that you're facing, but they can encourage you and they can pray with you and they can help you carry your burden to God. There's this old saying that says, a trouble shared is a trouble had. There's something in the exchange of that that allows us to not feel so burdened. So don't run away from your spouse. Connect to your marriage and connect to your spouse in this season. Number two, share your troubles with a friend. Create same gender 2 a.m. friendships. And 2 a.m. friendships are simply this. There are people that you can call or text anytime at night and they'll pick up and they'll answer you. Do you know that Jesus had 2 a.m. friendships? He had people in his life that he could call on in difficult moments. In fact, when he was facing the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, he brought the 11 disciples that remained. He brought them together, and this is what he told them in Matthew 26, 38. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He was vulnerable. Stay here and keep watch with me. If you're in a difficult moment, find a friend. Share your trouble with them. Let them encourage you. Inp invite people that you know and trust to watch and pray with you. This is what Jesus asked them to do. Watch and pray with me. Help me in this difficult moment. And number three, share your troubles with God in a church community. Research has found that actually regular church attendance lowers your stress and allows you to live longer. It, it lowers stress and your mortality by 55%. So if you wanna have lower stress and you wanna live longer, come to church. Because in the process of community, 
whether it's a life group or, or being in church, what we do is we connect together. We worship together. We discover God more deeply through his word together. And we pray together. In fact, if you're here and you're mourning, you're in a difficult moment, I want to invite you at the very end of the service. Members of our prayer team are going to be here to pray with you and to encourage you. If you need prayer and you need encouragement, connect with someone from our prayer team. And if you're online, just click on the meet and greet moment and ask them to pray with you. They're going to encourage you in this moment. When you regularly come to church, you discover that you're too blessed to be stressed. That's not just a cliche cliche statement. That's what research is showing. And that's what people of faith know. Allow God to step in, share your troubles with someone else and you'll discover that in the community of faith, you'll be encouraged. And number three, to see things improve, connect with the comforter. Don't just run to any kind of comfort. Don't go to digital distraction or an addiction or something that you left behind years ago. Don't run back to that. Connect with the comforter. And the comforter is the Holy Spirit. In fact, Matthew 5, 4 says this, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. That word comforted is the same word that's used for the Holy Spirit. It's the Greek word paraclete. Any of you who have studied the Bible in Greek, you know that paraclete is the word for the Holy Spirit. What this passage is saying, and I'm gonna reinterpret it for you so that we can understand it more fully. Blessed are those of you who mourn, for they will be blessed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The word of God tells us that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. We can be blessed when we mourn because God shows up. I was thinking, I was thinking about a passage in the book of Isaiah and I wanna share it with you. There's something about this passage that just stirs my heart. It's Isaiah 61 verse one through three. In fact, these are the verses that Jesus proclaimed when he was here on earth. He opened up the scroll and he proclaimed these words and I wanna proclaim them over you today. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me He has anointed me to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Even in the word of God, we discover that God has an instead for you and I. When we are in a moment, when we feel like everything is burned down, God gives us a crown of righteousness, a crown of glory that is imperishable. He puts jewels within our heart that allow us to realize that we're gonna make it. He also gives us the oil of joy instead of mourning. Now the oil represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So if you're mourning, God wants to provide the anointing for you. And finally, he wants to give you a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So if you're despairing today, can I invite you to put on the garment of praise? 
I'm going to say it again. Can I invite you to put on the garment of praise when you don't know what else to do? Just praise the Lord. What you'll discover is that your despair will evaporate. The anointing of God will come upon you, and you'll discover the riches, the richness of God's presence in difficult moments. God, he truly has an instead for you. And so today, as I close, I want to invite you to stand. Put your Bible aside. Put aside the distractions of the moment. We're going to share communion together. What's interesting about communion is this, is that we're declaring the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus faced death. But three days later, he had an instead for the world and he resurrected out of a grave. And I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. He stepped up out of a grave to give me hope in my difficult moment. So today, let's celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he shared a meal with his friends. And he said, this is the bread it represents my body. And in just a couple of moments, it's gonna be broken for you. Let's break and take together. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You were broken, so we didn't have to. On that same moment after he had partaken of the bread, he took the cup. He says, this is the fruit of the vine. It represents my blood, which was poured out for you for the redemption of sins and for healing and the atonement. He says, take this in remembrance of me. Let's take together. I don't know where you're at today but I wanna reassure you that God has an instead for you. You may be mourning, you may be struggling, you may be wondering, God, where are you? God, I pray right now for everyone who is here, who is struggling, who is hurting in their heart, who feel like they've had a terrible year and they can't seem to see that there's hope. I pray, Lord, that you would give them reassurance that you're gonna advance them. God, I pray that through this communion moment, you would reassure them that you're there to provide comfort and healing, that you're there to provide the presence of your Holy Spirit to restore them in this season. Holy Spirit, we need you. We invite you into this moment. God, I don't wanna leave here leaving the same. God, I wanna leave encouraged. I wanna be blessed. I wanna feel your comfort. I wanna feel your encouragement in this season. Not just for your people, but for me as well, God. We all need you, Holy Spirit. We invite you into this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are here and you are mourning, maybe you're struggling, can I invite you to put on the garment of praise? Our altars are open. Some of you, you need to take a step and say, God, I don't know how you're gonna get me through this, but I believe that you stepped out of a grave 
There was no hope. The disciples were mourning, but you stepped up out, out of grave to give me hope and to give me a future. And if you're here and you just need some hope today, you're mourning. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost a family member. Maybe you've experienced some sort of other loss. Maybe a fracture in a relationship, maybe in your marriage. This is your moment. I wanna invite you to come at the altar and pour out your heart to God and let the garment of praise lift you up out of despair. God, God has an instead for you. Things are truly gonna improve.